to the Reasonable Catholic Podcast. I'm Matt Nelson of ReasonableCatholic.com, and today we're going to be discussing the seven books that every Catholic apologist should read. Now, I'm going to list seven books today that I think you should read if you're interested in explaining and defending your faith well, and in a way that's going to capture the attention of others and get them interested. But I also just have a hunch that I'm going to be recommending more than seven books today. Really though, the seven books that I'm planning on telling you about are seven books that I know I'll be reading for the rest of my life. And all of these books are books that I've read more than once for that simple reason that there's just so much good stuff in them that one read-through is just never enough. And neither is two or three or, or so on. And so some of the books today that I've got on my list are older books, books that have kind of already proven to be timeless. Uh, and other ones are newer, but I think that these are all important and from a personal perspective, these are just books that I have really found helpful uh, in my adventure as an apologist, trying to learn the faith and not just learn it so that I have all this head knowledge, but also to come to a point where I can explain and defend the faith uh, in a way that others will find uh, captivating. And so the first book that I want to recommend is Mere Christianity by C.S. Lewis. Now let me just say this, C.S. Lewis is an incredibly clear thinker with a gift for using analogies. And his analogies are helpful because number one, they help you to understand what he's saying or teaching you through the book. But number two, those analogies can then be learnt and used when you're explaining the faith to help others learn through their imagination. So you'll be teaching them concepts and then appealing to their imagination through analogies in order to help them visualize what it is you're explaining. And it's interesting because analogies are even something that we find Jesus using constantly in the Gospels every time he uses a parable. And we all know that he used parables all the time. And so this appeal to the imagination is really important in apologetics. So Mere Christianity is a great book. There's so much to say about it, but let me just say this. It's a book that has not only become incredibly popular among Protestants, because remember, C.S. Lewis wasn't a Catholic, uh, but it's a book that has really crossed that boundary of Protestant Protestantism and Catholicism, and it's really captivated Catholic readers as well. Um, Mere Christianity is written for all Christians, and C.S. Lewis knew that there was that divide between Protestantism and Catholicism, and he wanted to write a book that would, in a sense, defend what he called mere Christianity, or those things that Catholics and Protestants generally can agree on. Things that they together are going to be defending when it comes to meeting objections and arguments from atheists or agnostics or other, other skeptics. So mere Christianity is great. He does a really good job of unpacking the moral argument, for example. Uh, he talks about Jesus and gives his famous trilemma argument. And uh, he just talks about some other key topics for the Christian, things like the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love, and other things. So I would definitely recommend Mere Christianity. Another book that I'd recommend is Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. Um, I, I have been slowly unpacking Chesterton's works for the last few years, and I admit it's, it's been a struggle. Chesterton's just too smart for me. <laughs> I, I have never read anybody who's a more complete thinker. Uh, this is a guy that understood every topic you could imagine and understood it well. Um, and so when you read, for example, other books like The Everlasting Man is a good example. 
he's got this incredible gift for understanding history and mythology and philosophy and theology and so on and so forth and just his ability not just to to talk about and discuss and unpack all of those different areas of thought individually he kind of intertwines them all as he's talking about them and so that's what's difficult about reading his writings is you kind of never know what direction he's going to go but as you start to kind of almost step back and kind of take a look at what he's arguing and where he's going with his arguments you start to see the cohesiveness in, in what he is in fact arguing and orthodoxy is just a good place to start because it's not a super long book but it's it's very well written there's a lot of humor in his writing as there is in, in all of his writing but in and amidst that humor is just this incredible genius and uh, orthodoxy is a, an account that he gives sort of an intellectual and spiritual account of how he arrived at the Christian faith as making sense to him in fact he he wrote orthodoxy long before he entered the Catholic Church uh, he entered the Catholic Church in 1922, and I believe, I better not say what date orthodoxy was written because I don't remember, but he does actually make arguments in it that seem to appeal directly to even the Catholic Church itself. And so he's already defending Catholicism without even being Catholic yet, which is really interesting. But Orthodoxy is great. It's not a book I always read cover to cover. I often go to it and just read certain chapters. I love, for example, the chapter called Ethics of Elf Elfland. And so, um, and the last, the last chapter, which I think is called The Adventurer and the Flag. No, I don't think that's right. The Authority and the Adventurer, maybe? I can't remember. But anyways, the... Uh, that, those are just two examples of chapters that I love to read and read over again. So uh, anyways, Orthodoxy by G.K. Chesterton. And if you find him just too difficult in the beginning, stick with him. Uh, or else go to some of Dale Alquist's books. He's written books called, one of them is actually called The Complete Thinker. Another one is, I think, Chesterton 101, which is a bunch of his smaller essays and things like that. Uh, or you can go to chesterton.org online and there's all kinds of really good stuff there and introductions to the writings of G.K. Chesterton. One thing I can guarantee you though is if you stick with the writings of Mr. G.K. Chesterton, you will become smarter, guaranteed. Alright, so let's move on to book number three. Book number three is Map of Life by Frank Sheed. Frank Sheed, along with all the other authors here in in my list today but but Frank Sheed for sure would be near or at the right at the very top of my list of favorite authors of all time in the areas of, of especially theology and apologetics Frank Sheed was just an incredibly clear thinker and very very much a gifted teacher and understood the dynamics and the importance of clarity in apologetics being able to speak with words that people will understand and in a way that even just your average Joe walking by you on the street is going to find interesting and understandable at the same time. Map of Life is a great place to start with Frank Sheet. It's a shorter book and it's a really good introduction to two of his great classics that I would recommend you read right afterwards. After Map of Life, I would say then read Theology for Beginners and then after Theology for Beginners, read Theology and Sanity. And if you're really enjoying yourself, somewhere in there, even if it's after those three books, 
I would throw in also Society and Sanity, which is Sheed's uh, treatise on Catholic social teachings and uh, moral teachings, that sort of thing, kind of unpacks it both from a theological and philosophical perspective, as he does in his other books. But these are the all four of these books that I've just mentioned by Frank Sheed are uh, incredible and books that, again, I just keep rereading over and over because I get so much out of them every time. Okay, the fourth book I'm going to recommend to you is, well, I wanted to throw in my list a conversion story. Because often, with a lot of people, they're not interested in just jumping into theology or philosophy. I'm talking about the people that have sort of been in the grips of this religious indifferentism that's everywhere nowadays. People just don't really feel like thinking seriously about religion, let alone Christianity, and let alone Catholicism. But I think where we can still catch people often, if we're going to somehow get them to read a book, is get them to read a story. Humans will always be interested in in story, especially good stories. And a great story that uh, has become very popular amongst Catholics, but I think has also become a very useful tool for Catholics to evangelize non-Catholics, is this book, Rome Sweet Home, which is the story of the conversion of Scott and Kimberly Hahn, this kind of powerhouse couple, now in the church as Catholic evangelists, but and, and Scott Hahn obviously as very accomplished Catholic theologian. But these two were from devout Protestant families, and they were married, they were practicing their Protestant faith, they were even at a point where they perhaps could have been considered anti-Catholic, just because they really didn't understand Catholicism as it really was, as is so often the case. But as they started to unpack the truths of the faith and just arguments for Catholicism and, and started to read the scriptures through a Catholic lens, they started to just see that there is something very special going on in the Catholic Church. And there was a process and definitely was some growing pains to their entry into the Catholic Church. But I don't want to say any more because I don't want to give away the story if you haven't read it. But Rome Sweet Home is a book that, number one, you need to read if you haven't read it. And number two is a book that you should have ready to give to any non-Catholic who shows any interest, especially Protestants who show any interest in the Catholic Church. Uh, so Rome Sweet Home. And as a runner-up to Rome Sweet Home, I'd also recommend the Surprise by Truth series that Patrick Madrid is putting together. Those are just books that, instead of being from front to back just one conversion story, they're collections of, of great conversion stories of people from different walks of life who discovered the Catholic Church and eventually made the choice to become Catholic because they came to learn that Catholicism is true. And what I like about the Surprise by Truth books is you can tell that there is an intention there to write specifically with the arguments in mind that they both had to overcome and then that they discovered in favor of Catholicism in order to eventually become Catholic. So those are some great books there. Conversion Stories, great place for for us to uh, access when it comes to being on the front lines of the new evangelization. All right, three more books on my list here. The next book, this is book number five, which is really like book number 12, I think. But book number five on my list is Fundamentals of the Faith by Peter Kraft. Now, I could have easily just said, read anything by Peter Kraft. He, this this man is, is wrestling with Frank Sheet as my number one favorite writer of all time. My Peter Kraft library is ever-growing, and that's 
partly possible because he's ever publishing new books. But Peter Kraft is a Catholic philosopher. Uh, I believe he's still at Boston College now. And he's still writing and speaking and just evangelizing and arguing for the faith just as he has for the last who knows how many years. And he's showing no signs of slowing down. Just uh, just an amazing mind in the church. And uh, kind of like Chesterton, he's really got a gift for using humor and sometimes even a little bit of shock factor in making his explanations and defenses of different aspects of the faith and just exposing some of the philosophical errors that are out there that are so that so many people are mistakenly holding to in our culture. But Peter Kraft is is uh one of those living legends that you need to you need to read if you're not reading him already. Fundamentals of the Faith is a really good place to start. That's just a collection of essays that he's written, but the essays are put in a strategic order and he starts with the most general questions about religion. The obvious first place to go with questioning in regards to religion is just does God exist? Because if God doesn't exist then what religion could be real or trustworthy or non-mythical in the sense of myth being false or fake or made up. Uh, and so he starts with the sort of questions like does God exist? And then he starts to contrast Jesus with some of the other major figures of other major world religions and movements like the New Age movement and things like that. And then eventually he gets into some more questions in regards to Christianity. And then as he approaches the last part of the book, he starts to make some specific defenses for Catholicism. And so it's kind of just your complete compendium of arguments for the Catholic faith, but he starts with the very the, the preliminary questions that you could expect to be asked in regards to religion, and he works his way towards making a case for Catholicism. So Fundamentals of the Faith is a great place to get introduced to the thought and writing of Peter Kraft. And again, this is, this is a man who many people consider to be a modern-day C.S. Lewis, or the C.S. Lewis of our time. And I have no problems with that comparison. I think that uh, there's something there. So read Peter Kraft and anything he's ever written. And number six on the list now is Trent Horn's Answering Atheism. This book is the newest book on the list, but it's as important as the other books. Trent has done something that no modern-day Catholic authors have yet done, and he's put together a comprehensive book covering many of the major arguments for and against theism, or for or against the belief in a personal God, the type of God that Christians believe in. Trent has done two really important things in answering atheism. Number one, he's described the big arguments that atheists are using today to try to show that God doesn't exist, or that a personal God doesn't exist, or that religion is not based on reality. What he's also done, though, is he's described very clearly and in a very accessible way the arguments for the existence of God using logic and philosophy to make those arguments, but also using cutting-edge science in order to be able to support his premises in those arguments. And so I, I just think Trent is a great communicator today in the church. He's doing a great job not just defending the faith, but also teaching the faith. And uh, so I think Answering Atheism is a great book for 
for every Catholic to own who's interested in defending their faith, particularly against those atheists and skeptics in their life. And I know I found his book very useful, and, a, and I found it to be a book that I'm constantly just referring to sort of as a handbook, looking up certain arguments when I need to, or even looking up just certain quotes from different philosophers or scientists, or, or even just looking up his own explanation of certain arguments for or against the existence of God. So I have a lot of respect for Trent's work. This is a new book, uh, but that being said, I still suspect that this will be a book that I'll be reading uh, for many, many years, probably until the day I die, because there's lots of good stuff in it. Uh, and as a runner-up to that book, just in in that same genre of of Catholic uh, apologetics books written by Catholics who are aiming to meet the new the arguments of the new atheists or or the modern day atheists who are not so much just atheists but many in many occasions also what we would call anti theists they're not just people who don't believe in God's existence many of these uh, people who don't believe in God are also quite passionate about working against religion. They believe religion is bad and has no good place in modern day society. And so often their message is one um, of hostility against religion. And so I think that it's important that we're able to be able to handle those arguments that they're making mixed in with their anti-theist rhetoric with calmness and with a clear mind. And so the best way to do that is to get familiar with the arguments for or against and then be able to uh, intelligently and effectively dialogue with these uh, atheists and skeptics today that we may run into. So again, in addition to Trent's book, I would recommend as a runner-up Who Designed the Designer by Michael Agros, a philosopher who is a Thomist. In other words, he's a specialist in the philosophy and theology of St. Thomas Aquinas, and he unpacks the great arguments traditionally known as the five ways of Thomas Aquinas, St. Thomas Aquinas, and Dr. Agros does a really good job, much like C.S. Lewis, and, and really all the authors that I've talked about, because I think this is just uh, an attribute of all good writers, but Dr. Agros does a good job of using analogies in order to help to teach the concepts, the more abstract concepts that he's trying to get across to the reader. And so Who Designed the Designer is a great companion book to Answering Atheism if you want to really start to learn the arguments for and against the existence of God. And the last book that I'm going to recommend is one you might have seen coming, and really it goes without saying, but I just want to recommend that you read the Bible daily. But I also want to recommend a certain Bible that I think is important for every Catholic apologist to own. And that's the, the Ignatius Press New Testament Study Bible. Now, the Ignatius Press New Testament Study Bible is an indispensable part of your library. And it's not just going to be a part of your library. It should be a part of your daily life. And you should get this study Bible. And when you read it, you should have a pen nearby so that you can underline and write in the margins and really just chew on the scripture and get to know it really well. What's beautiful about this is that it's being a study Bible. It's got tons of footnotes. It's got word studies. It's got essays. And all those additions, those footnotes and so on, have been put together by Dr. Scott Hahn and Dr. Curtis Mitch of the University of Steubenville. So you've got top-notch theologians writing from a Catholic perspective, and even the perspective of Catholic apologists, 
in in the in the scriptures page by page to help you in your personal Bible study come to know the scriptures uh, on a much deeper level and on a level you would need to know them in order to be an effective communicator and defender of the Catholic faith. And so I would definitely recommend number one that you're just reading your scriptures daily, especially the Gospels, but also that you would consider getting for yourself the Ignatius Press New Testament Study Bible. And stay tuned, because I believe that Ignatius Press will be coming out with an Old Testament study Bible too, which I don't think is out yet, but I I will be keeping my eyes open for that, and uh, I hope that you will too, and in the meantime, get that New Testament. Okay, so that's the seven books, plus a few extras, that I wanted to recommend to you in this first podcast. And as you probably have noticed, this is the first Reasonable Catholic podcast ever, So my intentions are to have more going into the future, and I thought this was a good place to start, just an easy topic to talk about some books that I think are really important, and I hope you got something out of it. So I'd love any feedback or comments. Probably the best place to do that is on our Facebook page. So you can just go, if you haven't liked our page yet, go to Facebook and search Reasonable Catholic. Like the page, and then you'll be on the front end when new posts come out at reasonablecatholic.com. And you'll also want to consider going to Reasonable Catholic on the home page, reasonablecatholic.com, going down the right side, and you can type in your email address. And there you'll be on our email list. And as soon as I click publish to put out a new post, it'll come directly to your inbox. So I'd really be honored if you'd consider doing that as well. And so, with that being said, it's been fun. I've managed to keep this down to 22 minutes, which I think will be just long enough. And on that note, have a great day or evening or whatever time of day it is when you're listening to this. And God bless.